This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome. This is Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, get ready for, for some exciting news. Gun Owners Radio is hosting a movie screening of the plot against the president. Two of them. On June 10th, there's going to be a screening in Orange County. And on June 11th, we'll be having a screening here in San Diego. And after the movie, there will be a Q&A session. So get ready with the director, Amanda Melius. Melius. That's right. Amanda Melius will be there with Cash Patel. Tickets are on sale this week. Go to gunownersradio.com to get your tickets today. Put it on your calendar, June 10th, Orange County, June 11th, San Diego. Oh, and tune in to the YouTube live stream at the youtube.com slash gunownersradio. Hit that like button and share it with all your friends. That's good. Sound like Foster Brooks over there for a bit. <laughs> I don't have. I one. felt like Foster Brooks. You're not on. I got nothing. No, I guess oh. it's that All would right. be you there, uh, rookie. <laughs> well, cool. So uh, as I'm learning everybody's names here, it's my first day. Um, it uh, yeah. So the the movie screening is very cool. Did you, did you read about it yet, Dave? No, I haven't had a chance to, but I am going to buy a ticket. So it's very Where's very it gonna cool. Be at? It's going to be well. There's two locations. So so here's what happened. Um, you know, we Orange County. we have our gun owners radio magnum episodes right and those are the long form interviews that we post online they're usually hour hour and a half um where we we just interview one person no commercial breaks we're able to really talk to people you know and, and kind of get into their life and climb into their head and get into some really good details on uh, what's going on well rich got us amanda melius amanda melius is a director she also so she went to usc's uh uh, uh Movie, movie, film school, film, film school, film academy, which is a top, you know, in the nation. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's where you know everybody who is anybody went. Now, the other thing about Amanda Melius, if you've listened to the show at least once, you know I'm obsessed with the movie. Yes, Red Dawn. Red, Red Dawn. Dawn. Exactly right. She wrote it. No, her father oh. was the director, a guy named John Melius. That's why she's on. <laughs> so the only reason <laughs> so john melius was the director of red dawn he wrote apocalypse now he uh he was uh conan the barbarian he he directed conan the barbarian did a bunch of stuff really really great guy so he he got an interview with amanda melius now it's pretty interesting she went to film school and then uh got out of film school and started volunteering for the trump administration while he was while he was running for office and she did so well that they hired her after he got elected so she was working for the State Department, and then she eventually worked directly for the White House. And the State Department has a bunch of, you know, propaganda departments, right? So really? they, they need, yeah, I know. So they needed the New York a Times, Washington Post. Yeah. Well, no, internally, and so they needed somebody that you know had had her experience, and she's just a really capable woman, and she uh, was doing an amazing job. So what she did is, we found out in in, in the interview, and one of the 
big reasons we were talking to her is she did this movie called The Plot Against the President. It's a documentary on the Russiagate scandal. Ah. So it's not really so much about Trump exactly. It's really about this scandal, this Russiagate scandal, and how it got way out of hand and how it was people, especially a lot of the the interview, you know, different staffers and uh, different uh, elected officials, and they were all kind of floored. Like, well, is this a joke? You know, because this is so, there's no evidence. You know, this is absolutely ridiculous. They couldn't believe people were taking it seriously. Next thing you know, the media picks up on it, and it and it, it kind of becomes a part of, you know, politics. Like it's like it's it, you know it was it's it was a real thing. Yeah, it was a little puppet, and it grew up to be a real little boy all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. And so anyway, that's what the the documentary is about, and it was so interesting talking to her. Normally, like I said these uh, interviews are about an hour or so, and this was well over. Um, and uh, you know, we four four years ago, I think, you know, we showed the Benghazi movie. 13 hours we had on premiere weekend we we showed that movie and we took over a theater it was all san diego kind of gun owners folks and i've been looking for an opportunity to do that again but you have to get the right movie so um i'm definitely going yeah it's so she so here's here's the deal she's flying into california with this guy cash patel who's the it was a deputy assistant to trump mm-hmm. um they're coming in uh in san diego carl de is going to be there there's going to be a q a discussion um and uh we're, we're having it at the in san diego on the 11th on friday night we're having it at the legacy which is that big new complex on the south side of of uh it's a hotel circle south on the south side of Inter- interstate oh right in Mission Valley. yeah i've seen it there's a theater there so yeah, they have a bunch of stuff they have a you know all kinds of different facilities they have know a what hotel was. and they have uh, um some some meeting space and they actually have, you have some kind of religious based museum I, i'm not really that's familiar. what i thought it was yeah. but they have a 500 seat theater with a stage state of the art it's really really nice so this isn't just it's not just gonna be some movie theater um it's this really nice facility we're gonna be the only ones there there'll be uh, food and drinks for purchase um vip tickets are 150 dollars um general admission are $50 VIP get a special reception you get to talk with Amanda the director How about Trump uh he he's not he, he hasn't he hasn't RSVP'd yet well so. get on the <laughs> stick I bet she can get him to come out well maybe maybe wouldn't, Probably, that, be a, wouldn't yeah. that be a hoot? well that would turn that wouldn't just be it wouldn't be just an event anymore that would be a, a happening it would be a happening I'd pay 200 so and we're having it up the night before june 10th thursday we're having uh we're doing the same thing up in orange county in newport beach called the newport theater and uh it's it's in newport beach it's a really super nice venue it's it's really beautiful and again you want me to loan you some money for gas (laughs) yeah that'd be nice because i don't know if you've looked at your fuel bill lately i know i know and i so i'm i'm playing chauffeur that whole time (laughs) Picking them up in the airport in Orange County, taking them to the venue, bringing them down Buick? to San Diego. No, I, I think I, I think I might rent a car. You think maybe? I think I might get an SUV. You or think maybe? Old, yeah, I might get one of those really cool, like a, like a dark SUV, like a clear and present danger looking yeah. SUV. You know? There you go. So, anyway, it's a cool event. Uh, you, you guys, everybody, you know, especially coming out of COVID, nobody's done anything for a year. You know, um, this is a really cool event. It's a nice little launch. Bring your uh, spouse it's date night um, it's a cool movie this movie is like, super super interesting oh so why have you never heard of the movie you know feature length documentary film one of the most watched on amazon i, I, why I watch it? cnn all the time i don't know why it hasn't been aired exactly 
So they had this all ready to go. They shot it, edited it, had it ready to go. In the can. In, in October. And they got totally blackballed. They got... Uh, uh, the distribution was was totally they wouldn't they wouldn't they, just wouldn't, they wouldn't distribute it, it just yeah. wouldn't wouldn't happen. They finally got it through and it turned into one of the most watched uh, uh, movies or most watched most I don't want to get this but it, it, huge follow watched it huge follow, yeah I don't want to get the 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 actual statistic huge following like I guess it was out the same time that uh, Michelle Obama had her documentary out and oh, it, it buried that like it, it was it was huge super super interesting a lot it's star-studded cast in fact uh, uh rick grinnell who's probably going to run for governor of california is in it uh devin nunez who's a congress congressman from from uh, california a bunch of uh, uh hard hitters yeah a bunch of who's who's um and it really it really i, I watched it i'm gonna you watch it again it's so dense it's so full of information it's one of those things you got to watch it a few times, which is why the Q and A in in our event is going to be key because you walk away going, "Oh my gosh, I forgot how absolutely ridiculous this was." So go to gunownersradio.com, buy tickets. Gunownersradio.com, come watch the movie with us. If you're in Orange County, check it out there on the 10th. If you're in San Diego County, uh, check it out here on on the 11th at at the Legacy. Buy your tickets today. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right. Turn the page, Dave. <laughs> hey, we are so proud to be partnering with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. Offers elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors. And they provide a rock-bottom price on the best selection of gear and accessories. Learn more about them at National Concealed Carry Association.com. Hey, who's our special guest today, my friend? Today we're talking to Dave Matheny. He's the founder of the Silencer Shop, and uh, he's with the American Suppressor Association. Thought those were illegal. Well, that's that's why we're going to talk to him. Not exactly. Uh, not not exactly. free America. Yeah. I've always wanted one. <laughs> I, me too. I do. I really seriously me do. Too. I think because I don't want to you know, upset my neighbors. <laughs> when I'm shooting in the backyard, you think they'd be a lot less upset? That's what they're upset about is the noise. I, I think they would. Yeah, be. It's probably Dave. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm really good. Okay, so tell us about the silencer shop. Yeah, we're uh, based in Austin, Texas. Um, really, you know, obviously we sell silencers, but our our secondary business is we're basically the accountants to the silencer industry. So if you buy a silencer. Obviously, outside of California, then uh, we do the paperwork for you. You guys do the paperwork. So uh, tell us about. So tell us about. So basically, in California, uh, suppressors, silent. Okay, well, actually, let's start there. What What's the proper term? Is there Is there a pejorative? Is there a proper term? Is there a difference between silencer and suppressor? Or you know, tell us a little bit about the the uh, the labels. You know, I, I tend to go back and forth, and both are correct. I know people will get worked up on one over the other, but the reality is they are not silent. 
the correct technical term really is suppressor. In fact, if you know if you shot one, you'll find they're they're actually pretty loud still. You don't get the suppressor, but legally speaking, they are referred to as silencers. So, in all the you know from a legal perspective, they're a silencer. From a technical perspective, they are a suppressor. This is another one of those where you know conflicts between the industry, you know, the real term and 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 the the politicians, the 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 legal term, like out here and. You know, assault weapon is yeah, a meaningless Yeah, I was going to say, like term. assault weapon versus yeah. just a weapon. So, to- so assault weapon is a completely meaningless term in the industry. That right. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It doesn't actually define anything. It's made up. Yeah, and if a silencer isn't silent and it's only a suppressor, which suppresses the sound, then, yeah. But but it, but in California, there is a legal definition of an assault weapon. They've turned it into a it's a killer, a legal definition. Well, they, they describe it. It's got to have certain criteria and and uh, you know certain uh, uh, aesthetics. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a feature checklist, right? Yeah, it's, it's not, a it's, it's a feature checklist feature exactly. Checklist. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like it's the same. the The politicians got a hold of the word silencer, and that's what shows up in the law. But really, truly. Uh, the, the, the industry, uh, the correct term is suppressor. Is that, am I kind of getting that right? Right. Okay. So, so just to give you an idea, a, a suppressor on an AR-15, a top-of-the-line suppressor, is as loud as a jackhammer on concrete. So the idea of it being silent, once again, is just false. So what is the purpose of a suppressor? You know, really, there are several, like, there are several purposes. One is that they are significantly quieter than running a firearm without one. They're a safety device. So it's a, uh, you know, it's like, you know, would you run, would you run a, um, drive a car without a muffler, right? We've heard them. They're super loud. They're not, they're not fun for most people. They pull it down to that level where it's safe to shoot. Not silent, but safe. You also get more velocity, better accuracy, um, they're actually quite a bit less recoil. There are, there are quite a few good reasons on one. So where's the safety come in? I, I just need to be educated here. Your hearing safety. So ah, hearing. Really, when it comes to firearms, gotcha. you know, it's uh, one of the oh, yeah. top. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk decibels. Do you don't like, if, if you are just standing right next to the muzzle of an AR on a typical, you know, uh, typical, uh, you know, I don't know, 55 grain, whatever. What's a typical, you know, what's the decibel rating of, of a of a firearm, uh, you know? Uh, or with and without. Yeah, and then, and then what's the difference a with a suppressor? Without a suppressor on an AR-15, you know, if you're standing about a meter away from the muzzle, you're typically looking in the high 160s, pushing 170 decibels, which is just unbelievably loud. Yeah. If, you, if you work in a server room... That's 90 decibels, they'll make you work hearing protection. Yeah, yeah. And the sound level doubles like every three decibels. It's a logarithmic scale. Mm. With a suppressor, it's same, same, standing in the same spot. You're basically going to be looking at about, call it 135 decibels. It's a, you know, you might get away without permanent hearing damage if there's just a single shot, more than one shot. You're gonna have hearing damage still, even with a suppressor. Yeah, because a hundred and because it's a yeah, hundred and thirty decibels yeah. is like a it's like a like it's like list it's like going to a Who concert, you know? It's like a yeah. really really <laughs> loud rock concert, right? Yeah, one hundred and thirty five is way past that. I mean, is it okay? One hundred and thirty five is really loud. Oh, you but haven't been to a Who concert, concert, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> 
I thought they set the record. I thought they set the record at somewhere around around there. But but okay. So a typical if you go to a typical rock concert, what are you looking at? Eighty to ninety decibels. Brandon, what yeah, is yeah, that answer? <laughs> Something like I'll that. I'll look it up. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So so you you help people do the paperwork. In California, a suppressor in effect is completely and totally illegal. We can't can't do it. Can't can't own it. Really can't buy it unless you have uh, unless you're law enforcement um, or you're, you're you're you know you have some kind of specialized manufacturer's license. But in most right. states, you, uh, it, you know, a typical civilian can own a suppressor on their firearm, right? Yep, that's absolutely correct. And Outside of California, New York, the the normal suspects. So, so in forty-eight other states, you can order suppressor. Uh, there, there are actually forty-four, I believe, right now, where you can order suppressor. But it's the states you would expect where you can't. All right, Dave, hold on a second. Our answer man has an answer. Right, right. So, uh, loudest thing uh, for a crowd. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs game on an average get 142 decibels. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I know. And then there's a heavy heavy metal band by the name of Manowar. Uh, they had a 139 decibel concert. Yeah, I think Joe was there for. I, can you hear us, Which? Joe? Which one? Yeah. Can, can you hear us, Joe? I honestly, that sounds right, but I I question that first stat. Nobody's cheering for the Chiefs. Ah, no one's cheering for the Packers anymore now. Yeah, Packers How dare you? Done. I mean, you the Chiefs—they're not setting any records. So um, those were booze. <laughs> yeah. Oh, all right. All right. I'm back Will you on take board. That then. one. Will you there take you go. That one? Okay, so so what are the hoops you have to jump? If I if I'm in I'm living in uh, in in free America and I have uh, an AR and I want to put a typical suppressor on it, walk us through. Give us an idea. What are, what are the what are the what are the steps you have to take? So basically, the process is you know from from beginning to end you buy the suppressor. There's a two hundred dollar tax, and that's a federal tax, and that's been in place since the 1930s. Um, you fill out, there's quite a bit of paperwork to fill out. It can range anywhere from, you know, four or five pages to a hundred, depending on how you're filling it out. The, uh, you mail it all to the ATF with copies of fingerprints, um, photographs, you know, some supporting documents, stuff like that. And then you wait about eight months for it to get approved. Once it gets approved, then you can take possession of it. So it's a pretty arduous process. It shows how gun registration, how well it works, right, yeah. and why people should be afraid of it. And, uh, and how you do can, you make a living doing that? <laughs> you only could be able to, what, sell one or two a year? You know what? You would think that. It is, I will admit it's a small industry. I mean, last year there were a total of just, call it 220,000 sold in the U.S. We're a major player in the industry, so we'll do you know, of the paperwork, we'll do two-thirds of that volume on any given year, and we'll sell just over half those. Okay, so what you're telling me is when I watch TV and they put a suppressor on that gun and it just goes, <laughs> that's not it? <laughs> that is not reality. That is just TV. Just like cars don't explode, then you get in a car accident. Well, you, right? could, a, you could see how effective, though, those federal laws are because uh, keeping those suppressors out of the hands of criminals because you hardly ever see a criminal use a suppressor. Oh, yeah. So they you must know, be effective. They're, they're actually almost every single suppressor arrest and uh, anything to do with law enforcement is all about um, possession. Because you can make them out of parts from Home Depot for like 10 bucks. They're not super complicated. Mark Wahlberg did it with a water bottle. 
Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so, so I just want to emphasize what he just said. The, people that are that get arrested for having a suppressor, they're not robbing a bank. They're not. They're not committing a violent crime. They're. It's a possession thing. So they're saying, "Hey, you don't you, suppose, you didn't you're not pay, supposed to have it. You're not supposed to have it. You didn't pay the two hundred dollar tax. You didn't file the paperwork. So therefore, you're getting busted. They're not actually, you know, committing." You know, a like crime. Said, a violent crime against somebody. It's a, it's a possession crime, which is ludicrous. Right. Ludicrous. Yeah, right. going back to registration. That that's what it is. So, all right. So, do you do you buy the? I'm a, so do you buy the suppressor first and then file the paperwork, but then you can't take possession of it until after. Or is it one of those deals yeah. where as long as you, you know, you get this license and then you can buy all the suppressors you want. No, you have to file the paperwork every time, and it's uh, you do buy the suppressor first because the serial number of the specific unit you got has to go on that paperwork. Oh, okay, well, headache. is that a money-back guarantee? If you don't pass, you can get your money back? <laughs> well, it's not a background you know, check. Actually, it, it, actually, it is a background check, but oh, it's yeah, it is. a background oh, check. You have to file on. So if I it's, fail, so if I give, you, give not you, but the government, $200, I run all my paperwork, I can't take possession of it, and then you call me up and say, "Hey, Dave, guess what? You didn't pass." Do I get my two hundred dollars back? Yeah, they do give you two hundred dollars back. That's one thing that actually, I'm surprisingly, <laughs> I'll I'm say though, there hardly anybody gets disapproved because nobody goes through this process. Yeah, I was going to say disapproved. I'm sticking with the plastic water bottle. <laughs> That's all. That's pretty interesting. And and so it, it lowers it significantly. So I'm assuming people, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that it's just kind of a cool factor and it's just like, a, you know, this is kind of neat. And like you said, it, probably it looks uh, good. It, it looks good, but it probably, it, you said it uh, improves the performance a little bit, your ballistics. Um, yeah. And I tell you, it is a game changer for hunting. Yeah. If you're hunting, That's where I was going. I don't know how much you guys uh, you're out there, you've got one shot, you're going to take all day long. The muffs suck. Even the electric ones are crappy. But for that one shot, you don't have to carry lug those stupid muffs around all day. And your fire, your hearing protection is now on your gun. For kids, they're fantastic. You go out hunting, shooting at the range. I mean, suppressors are pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, we're going to talk to Dave after the, after the break here. All right, so, hey, we're going to come right back for a quick break. Don't touch that dial. Dave is sticking with us. On FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, this segment is sponsored by John Dillon and the Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. That's John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call him at 760-642-7150. Or you can visit him at the website at dillonlawgp.com. All right. We're going to continue on talking with Dave uh, Matheny. Matheny. He's founder of Silencer Shop. And he's part of the American Suppressor Association. Yes. So when I was, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say when I was when I was a kid, I got really into uh, paintball for a few years, and that was the big thing to do on your paintball gun was you go down to Home Depot. I don't think it was Home Depot back then. It was 
you know, like Ace Hardware or whatever. Yeah. Go down to Ace Hardware and you'd get uh, a couple of uh, tubes, you know, one the size of your barrel and then one much bigger, mm-hmm. and you'd drill holes in it and then you'd polish it out, you know, and then you'd uh, fill the uh, uh, you know, fill it with uh, I think we guy. used like I think we used like steel wool or something like that. That was the thing to do. But that was a paintball gun. But uh, that was the big thing to do was was uh, make you a suppressor for your paintball gun. No idea if that was legal back then. Yeah. Do you I sell was under, those, Dave? I was underage. So <laughs> did it work? It did. It worked really well. It actually worked really, really well. I mean, you had this big honking, you know, like a it was like an Arizona iced tea can hanging off your gun. But uh, it actually really did work really, really well. So, but we're talking about real suppressors here. Um, tell us a little bit about the American Suppressor Association. Yeah, the American Suppressor Association really, you know, there are two really aspects to it. On, on the one hand, you know, they're all about education and defending our rights kind of, you know, around the country. On the other hand, trying to push forward, especially at the state level, trying to legalize suppressor in states where they aren't legal yet and, and, and had a lot of success over the last, you know, 10 years. What, t- talk about the success. What kind of success have you guys had? Yeah, a lot of a lot of state regulations as far as there are states where they were legal to own but not legal to hunt with. Uh, that's changed really around the country. I think the only state that's left is a holdout where there, there are weird hunting laws associated. You can own a suppressor that's hard to hunt with. It's like Maine. Then there are also states where they're being legalized. Like, you know, when I came on board with USA, the USA, Michigan wasn't even legal to own a suppressor at that point, and now they're, you know, one of the bigger states. There have been three or four states that have become legal, and quite a few more than that that have become legal for hunting. That's odd. Now, if I remember correctly, a few years ago, didn't uh, didn't Hillary Clinton make a statement about how uh, uh, how horrible horrible it would be if people had suppressors because they wouldn't be able to hear criminals and uh, and uh, yeah. didn't what was the do you tell us a little bit about that how how hard did you cringe when she uh, spouted out that ridiculousness you know it, it's it's just so i guess it's just ignorance right and i think people play into it because they've been so heavily regulated for so long that people's only frame of reference is James Bond <laughs> So then they hear Hillary come out and say stuff like that, and they believe it, right? And it's just not accurate at all. It's actually really unfortunate. Well, I think she's. It's an agenda. I mean, you know, I, I would. I, I. I don't. I don't think I'm, gonna, I'm ready to blame it on ignorance with her. I. I think that. It, it, you oh know, no, she's ignorant. <laughs> oh, thanks. Trust me. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for clearing that up, Dave. You're right. I didn't mean to defend. Yeah, come on. Don't <laughs> don't, don't taint the show. Yeah, will you? right. But it's uh, it's just so ridiculous. I mean. It's, uh, you know, I've been dealing with the anti-gun crowd for, for years now. And, you know, out of one side of their mouth, they like to talk about how reasonable they are. And they're just looking for, you know, safety laws that oh, keep everybody safe and everybody. Nah, 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 nah. And it really doesn't matter. Any kind of restriction, any kind of restriction they support, any kind of uh, uh, freedom when it comes to firearms uh, they're absolutely against. So, you know, when you – a reasonable per, a person would sit down and say, oh, okay, this device, you know, backs off the decibels, 20, 30, whatever decibels, makes it, you know, a little bit safer, especially for hunters. We get it. This makes sense. You know, $200 tax, eight-month wait, background check, okay, fine. You know, nobody thinks we shouldn't have to do that. But that's the process. Okay, great. 
But, you know, that that's a reasonable person. But if you're so blinded by, you know, this anti-gun agenda, then any kind of anything will, will you know, sound like a some kind of terroristic request. You know, if you, not being able to uh, acquire suppressors, uh, truly, when you, when you hear the facts, when you talk to people like Dave and you hear from the American Suppressor Association, you know, they sound like the, the, the people that don't want suppressors are the extremists. They're the extremists. You know, we're the ones that make sense. We're the ones that have facts behind what we're, what we're doing here. So what is, what is their main argument? Is, is Hillary Clinton's ridiculousness, is that their main argument? Or what, what do they do to stand in your way? Uh, you mean as far as politicians go? Yeah. So when you're trying to expand the ability for people to get suppressors, um, uh, what's the pushback? Yeah. You know, really, it, uh, several years ago, when we first started doing these demos, USA was first doing these demos with politicians in D.C. and Virginia, and you'd have Democrats lining up to come see how terrible they were. Uh, and it just wasn't what people thought. They're not silent. They're not they're not what TV portrays at all, so weirdly enough, they actually stopped coming. And I think it's it's kind of a willful ignorance, but I think if they can be kind of willfully ignorant and project that onto the population, most people really do believe it. It's that, that they're this assassin's tool. You won't be able to hear people shooting at you. Stuff like that is, uh, is kind of a narrative. Now, how popular are suppressors when it, what's the talk about the difference between pistols and rifles or is, are we mainly talking about long guns or, or is there a, a real market for uh, for pistols when it comes to suppressors? You know, for about as long as I've been in this industry, about 40 percent of the suppressors that are sold go on to rifles, long guns, about 40 percent go on to wind fires to so just your standard 22 and about 20 percent go on to handguns because they make the guns so much longer that they, uh, it just changes the balance of them pretty significantly. I mean, they're still fine. There's still great use cases for them, including you know, home defense. But they're not as useful in the real world as, a, uh, as on a rifle. Interesting. And I didn't hear shotguns at all. Now, I saw No Country for Old Men. That guy had a uh, he had a suppressor on his shotgun, which, by the way, I saw that actual shotgun. It's in the uh, NRA's museum in Virginia. It's, it was pretty cool. Is that realistic, or is that all? Is that movie? Does anybody put a suppressor on a shotgun? There, there is a, uh, a, uh, I guess, mass market quote suppressor for a shotgun. But the problem with shotguns is, it's, it, people who are shooting with shotguns, it tends to be very social. So if everybody you're hunting with, about shooting with, doesn't have one, it kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, so then, you know, why even add eight inches to the length of your gun and, you know, a pound? Nobody wants to do that, right? So they're not super popular. So one of our listeners, Rick Cohen, who's a good buddy of mine and uh, a, a fantastic member of San Diego County Gun Owners, he, he wants to know, he said, I wonder how a suppressor screws with the local PD gunshot ID and locator system. You know, honestly, I, I don't know if I really know the answer to that. I, I've heard that it's, you know, I've heard that fireworks set them off, mm. and if fireworks set them off, then a suppressor definitely would set them off. So it's, uh, it's hard to imagine that there's, I mean, my guess would be that they would still work, but that's just a guess. It seems like it. If it's going from, what do we say, 170, 180 decibels down to about 130, I mean, 130 decibels oh, yeah. is still, you know, pretty insane. So, yeah, um, you're getting down to the level of what a 22 would be unsuppressed. So if those if those gunfire systems will pick up a 22, they'll pick up a suppressed 
you know, higher caliber. So what's your out here in California? Um, trying to undo any gun laws is uh, is a miracle. But what are your thoughts yeah. on how to change the law in California? You know, the suppressors. It's it's one of those crazy things where education. I mean, people just don't understand what they are and what they aren't, right? And I think if people really did understand it, the laws would change. I think outside of California, we see a lot of traction as more people, as more gun owners own them and start to understand them, the mentalities start to change. It becomes less of a kind of taboo item, right? Hopefully those you know, nationwide opinions just start pushing into California as they become more popular outside of California. Well, and that's kind of how, how, it, how it's going with, uh, with carry licenses. You know, the more people that have them, the less exotic they are, the more, you know, it's understood, yeah. you know, the need. So it's, it's probably very, very similar along the same lines. What about, you know, like an ADA angle? Um, do, does, does, does that happen a lot? Or, or you, know, um, you know, ADA being Americans with Disability Act, um, yeah. which is, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's covered, but, you know, a, more of a, you know, a, a health or, you know, disability type angle. Does, is, is that a, is that a, a common uh, uh, foundation for, for some of the arguments? Oh, absolutely. And that's why I said at the very beginning, silencers more than anything else are a safety device. And I think if we can get people to shift their thinking from assassin's tool to safety device, honestly, they'll be legal everywhere. It's, uh, and then on top of that, you've got people who are pushing for gun control that are somehow scared. Somehow a short gun is more dangerous than a long gun. And yet if you put a suppressor on it, which makes it eight inches longer, it becomes scarier again. So it's hard to really, you know, really put my finger on what they're actually scared of. And what Other if, than just the gun in general, I guess. What if a manufacturer decided, hey, you know what, we're just going to make our barrel so that it's got a built-in suppressor? Does uh, the law look at that as exactly as a detachable suppressor? Yeah, then the gun itself becomes registrable. So, and there are guns like that. They're, they're called integral suppressors, and uh, you have to register the entire gun with the process I already mentioned. Okay, interesting. And and what do do you know much about California law? Is it I I kind of made this blanket statement, and uh, I'm not totally well versed on on all the ins and outs. But is it possible at all in California for a, a, a civilian to own a suppressor? The only way you can have a suppressor in California is if you have a essentially it's called a you have to have the FFL to, to deal in you know, firearms. Then you also have to have a special occupational tax license. Believe it or not, one of the largest silencer manufacturers in the country is based in California. Surefire is right there. <laughs> you know what's funny? There is so much uh, Second Amendment industry in California. Um, it's 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 crazy. Um, and there 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 used to be a whole lot more. A lot a lot have have left. But there is a ton of Second Amendment gun, ammo, accessories industry um, all across California. I mean, you know these. Uh, yeah. These uh, little shops, you know, behind retail shops all over. Hey, so how can we help? How can people learn about American Suppressor Association, and how can we help you guys? You know what? Seriously, you can either, you can go to silencershop.com. We've got a link to the ASA right on our homepage. Or you can go to the American Suppressor Association website. Donate money. You know, help kind of push the cause forward. Awesome. So go to silencershop.com. We're talking uh, with, with Dave Matheny. Really appreciate everything you did here, Dave, and everything that you're doing for, uh, for gun owners. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Don't go anywhere. We're going to do the after-action review on the SoCal Gear Expo from yesterday, right here on 1170 AM. The answer. <laughs> folks hey welcome back you are listening to gun owners radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer hey you know some people enjoy taking the time to clean their guns after going to the range then there's people that just want to clean their guns and get on with life well if you're in the second group seal one is for you seal one clp plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans lubricates and protects your guns it's also natural non-toxic and environmentally friendly pick some up at gunfighter tactical over on miramar road or ask work by name at your local gun shop hey clean your guns faster and better with co1 and use code gor25 for a 25 percent discount off your first order of the website because that way i think you'll get a great discount so check them out at co1.net who's our next guest son <laughs> so yesterday uh san diego county gunners had a had a booth at a really cool event um it was uh core essentials which is a san diego company here um they saw all kinds of cool stuff uh, all kinds of everyday carry stuff but they're i think they're best known for their 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 ratchet belts i guess is, is what i'm uh-huh. calling them. yeah i need you, one. everybody here wears them <laughs> yeah i'm dude, listen i i got one yesterday we're gonna talk about this i got one yesterday i've been wearing it uh, ever since and i am i am uh, now a, i'm fully immersed you in didn't the, buy me one in the ratchet belt uh lifestyle i wish you'd have bought me one i no. need one i'm converted was, and I'm, I'm up to three of them so. i was i tried to i was looking at some ratchet suspenders for you i thought maybe <laughs> no i need a i need a i need a ratchet belt i'm serious well uh, well then let's talk to travis travis from core essentials uh, he's on the line here, and we're going to talk about the SoCal Gear Expo and how everything went. How you doing, Travis? I'm doing well. How you guys doing? Awesome. Doing so well. So how All did right. everything go yesterday for you guys? No, 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 oh. no. What's the website? i got to buy a belt. I'm dead serious. Oh, it's, well, the website is? Coreessentials.com, and core is spelled with a K. Very important. Yeah, K-O-R-E okay. Essentials, E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S. Got it. Didn't mean, to, didn't mean to interrupt, but you just made a sale. <laughs> you think i'm kidding i got a belt right now well not i'm not that i'm wearing but it pinches my stomach like you would not believe it's a square metal normal buckle upgrade dave upgrade. I, I will it's either that or lose weight and i'm definitely not doing that I, normally he just goes to uh, pet boys and gets a timing belt no you know where i go i go to walmart buy that cheesy six dollar belt and they're the worst i, I used to wear, i used to wear cheesy six dollar belts I, They're the, the worst. The, it was Joe that, that that convinced me to go get a good belt, and it changed my life. And now Travis uh, helped me out yesterday, and I have the best belt I've seriously ever, ever had. It is so comfortable and snug, this core essential nice. uh, belt. I really, really loved it. I couldn't wait. I went, I went and got it all sized and ready to go last night, and I've been wearing it all day, and I love it. Oh, great, great. Yeah. yeah. So, right. t- so the event, how did the event go for, for core essentials? Oh, what a success, guys. I mean, we – didn't know what to expect going into it. You know, as the first year we were running it, um, you know, we this wasn't an event we planned for six months. You know, we, we started putting it together, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, three or four months ago, and uh, we got a great turnout of vendors. And um, one of the key indicators uh, 
five minutes before we were supposed to open, there was already people lining up ready to walk in. And we just kept it streaming all day. It was it was great. It was great. It was it was very cool. It was like a, it was like a, honestly it was like a San Diego County Gun Owners reunion too. Like we had all our members and our supporters, all kinds of cool <laughs> people were coming by. I mean, it felt like uh, it just felt like people were you know happy to get outside and and do yeah, something I, cool. I, yeah, I got that feeling too. There was a it was great to see a lot of smiling faces. Let's put it that way. You know, it, everybody just was happy, fresh air. You know no masks you know it was, it was just a it was a great event we were very very pleased yeah we we signed up 10 new members yesterday 10 brand oh. new members who'd uh who signed up for san diego county gun owners they were um they were there for for the cool event and you guys had a steady stream over at the actual core essentials booth steady stream of people looking at your belts and all your other cool stuff all right enough of this fluff okay so when you put the belt on and you adjust it because i got another belt from another manufacturer and I walk down the street, and I hear this snap, and the belt just unsnapped, and the thing where you lock it in, you have to, you had to cut the end of it off and stick it in this little locking device. The locking device kept popping open, and the belt thing would take off. How does yours work? How do you keep your belt intact? So we, we operate with a ratcheting system. Um, there, there are competitors that do something similar. Um, they have various ways that they, they lock into place. Some are magnet systems, you know, and, and various. Uh, well, this is one where uh, you push it down and there's teeth uh-huh. and it locks into it. Yeah, so we, we've refined our system. Uh, we, we hold several patents on our, on our belt system. Um, it's, it's very unique compared to competitors. Now, as far as it unlocking on its own, you don't have to worry about that. Um, as far as the uh, the amount of weight or retention it can take, I have literally seen a guy pick up a generator with one of our belts Whoa. on YouTube. It's it's a great video. Um, a normal human being is never going to be able to break one of our belts. All right, I'm sold. Yeah, it's super comfortable. <laughs> I was I you know I remember when I was a kid when I was a Boy Scout and I had you remember the you know the, the Joe you remember the mil- I, yes I you know do. Right, you already know yeah, what I'm talking I about. Know what you're talking the about. military buckles that yeah. sliding thing that, on there, sliding, that sliding thing bar. yeah and and if you if you that was horrible it was horrible and so I, you know it's I was always I was kind of nervous about the, this has been so comfortable I wore it today with uh, with long pants I'm wearing it with shorts we had a shooting social this morning um, I. You don't even know you have it. Yeah, so it's, it's already seen some action. That's that's great, Michael. It's, it's definitely seen some action. That's the right way to put. It. Listen, I'm wearing a belt. It's seeing some action. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that was good. I like that one. But uh, it's super nice. They're designed to be gun belts. There's actually a little uh, like a little sheath that that comes um, that you can put over the belt where you're going to actually wear your mm-hmm. your uh, your holster inside, outside. The I was going to say whatever. inside or outside, which is really nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you won't scuff it up and everything. So they're designed to be uh, they're designed to work with with uh, with with you know carrying your firearm, right? And it's more than web material too. I noticed mine's leather. Well, that's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. Mine was a, a web mm-hmm. material. So we we hooked um, we hooked Mike up with one of our top grain leather. Uh, it's solid choice to go. It's it's discreet. Does not look like a gun belt whatsoever. Um, you can dress it up. You can dress it down. We've got a full grain leather um, alternative as well. And then of course we do have the web nylon. The web nylon's got more of the tactical look. Um, you know any one of those options are great. They're going to do the job for you. Just a question of you know style preferences. Are you local? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're based out of La Mesa. We are a local homegrown company. Uh, all of our R&D, all of our shipping, everything takes place right out of here. It, humble warehouse in La Mesa, California. Well, I'm, I'm hardcore. You know, I like to physically go in, look at a product, mm-hmm. try it on. So I will 
I'm going out of town tonight, but when I get back next week, I will come see you. Yeah, you come on in. We've got a small showroom in there, a nice little display of belts. Okay. And uh, with the 150 different combinations you can do with our belt systems, we can set you up with you know whatever you like there, Dave. I, I'm definitely I'm serious because I can't stand the belts I've got now because they literally pinch me. Yeah, upgrade. I will. That's all I can say to you. I know. Yeah. I'm coming to come see. I, I wrote it all down right here. I will and, come and see. And that's, that's like your, your flagship product is, is your best. I think what you're probably best known for. But you guys you guys have a whole line of stuff, and you have more more coming, right? Talk, talk a little bit about the direction and you know what else you have at Core Essentials and the direction you guys are going. Yeah, we're, we are expanding ourselves into a full-blown men's adventure brand. Uh, we're trying to touch on every aspect of an essential product a, a, a person would need. You know, starting with the belt, that's our flagship. Everything that we are doing is based off of the reputation we've earned with our belts. Uh, we, we have some sunglasses, ballistic-rated sunglasses. We're working on EDC backpacks for everyday carry, a tactical style as well as a casual style. We're working on watches, you know, all kinds of stuff. We've got knives. It's, uh, the sky's the limit, really. It's our, it's, it's our imagination with what we have time to get to. Are wow. you are we are you guys going to do the uh, the expo? Is that going to turn into an annual thing? With the results we got yesterday, we we absolutely will be doing it once a year. Yeah, it was cool. You guys had there's a, a coffee guy. Uh, oh man, oh, that coffee was incredible. That guy did a coffee called Whiskey Business. Yeah, I had that. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was, was fantastic, good. wasn't it? <laughs> that was really good. It was. Yeah, uh, it, he was a uh, uh, what is it? Let's see. His name was uh, Bad. Basic badass coffee. Basic company. badass coffee, Dustin yeah, out of C. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, it was. I'm not even really. Bi- I'm not a big coffee. I don't really drink I didn't coffee. Even think you did? Yeah. No, I, I don't. But I, I wanted to try this, and it had whiskey in the title. It said whiskey. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. not only did it say whiskey, but he had uh, a maker's bottle full of uh, coffee beans, and I'm like, all right, I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta try that. You're sold. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm only. I'm only. I'm only flesh and blood here. Yeah, that's right. So with a um, nice with a nice belt. Yeah. But you had Gunfighter Tactical was there. Power mm-hmm. Weapons and Gear was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you had... Uh, uh, we had Bullet Flask was there. Um, Stone Griffin, which which uh, is a company that makes this survival tool. Um, it was really interesting. I never heard of the company till till they had set up a booth, and I got to chatting with the, um, the gentleman who owns the company. And, yeah, it's, it's basically... Uh, Hatchet, hammer, pry bar, all rolled into you know one one uh, one tool you know that that's uh, handheld. Um, cargo cases and rugged gear outfitters. We got to bring BNS Brewing and Distillery out for refreshments. Operational athlete was there, like you said, Gunfighter Tactical, Fenrir uh, USA. They make some excellent. Um, uh, plate carriers and stuff. Cross um, Armory was yeah. there. I don't know if we talked. Oh, yeah, about that. Cross Armory. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It was great. It was really yeah. cool. Well, I have to say one thing. I don't know if you were in charge of the social media, but I actually seen that post, mm-hmm. and I couldn't tell what you guys were going to do with the way it was written out. I mean, it mm-hmm. didn't list. You know, I, I seen it. it. Just in fact, I first thought it was like an off road expo, the way it was written uh-huh. out. So it might whoever when you do it the next time. I mean, if you're happy with your attendance, that's phenomenal, but maybe embellish a little bit more on what's going to be at the expo. 
Yeah, Dave, we took a lot of notes. Um, this was kind of a crash course. We, we gotcha. did something that most of us are not familiar with. Okay. And uh, Christian, a young man who works for our company, he, he wears a lot of hats within our company, but he, he took on the burden of organizing this whole thing. And, and I'll tell you, with everything we put on his plate mm-hmm. and him being able to organize this event, it, it really, we, we couldn't have asked for more. It, it was such a success for year one. Well, that's, year well invite two, us. I yeah. want, we want to yeah. come back. Yeah, we definitely want to come back. I'll, yeah, I'll we, see you. What, what are your hours next week so we're nine to five monday through friday come on through i will i'll come down and take a look and uh, we'll be talking to you and i think now i want the information on that hatchet guy because we i do an off-road show and i think for the off-road community that would be a perfect product for a jeep without a doubt yeah absolutely absolutely all right right, buddy good talking to you this is gun owners Uh uh-huh this is gun owners radio fm 98 <laughs> AM eleven seventy. Joe Dramisi's coming up, and he's going to talk about the Mantis X gear review, right? Yeah, we'll talk about a winner first, but yeah. Oh, we got a winner too, <laughs> right here on FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. The, the horror of gun control. Gun control advocates seem to either be ignorant or willful, willfully ignorant. Uh, the past horrors when people can't defend themselves. We're going to talk about Joe's latest blog topic in a minute. But self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there's no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Gun owners should have coverage for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year and comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Guess what, gun owner radio listeners? Get a free T-shirt when you join. Use promo code GUNOWNERSRADIO at uslawshield.com. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. All right, Joe, what do you got for us today? Okay, we got a blog about uh, the horror of gun control. Uh, but first, we got a winner, though, from the last segment that we didn't announce. So uh, if people signed up, or if you signed up at the uh, SoCal Gear Expo, you could win a salt gun, not to be confused with an assault gun, but a salt gun. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And somebody won. Yeah, somebody got that anyway. So the winner is uh, Maxwell Palau. Winner of a new hey, I know assault that guy. gun. I just yeah. saw that dude yesterday at the expo. He's a good guy. Saw him signing up, no doubt. Uh, well, he's already a member. I yeah, I saw him for a, signing up for, for the, the, yes, for the uh, assault gun. Okay, so talking about the horror of gun control, uh, I was watching uh, a video on uh, active self protection, John uh, Korea's channel. And if you haven't seen John Korea's channel on active self protection, I mean, anybody that carries, I think, should make it a habit of watching that because. John's got some of the best information, I think, uh, that's available on the Internet. 
concerning uh, concealed carry and stuff like that. What John does is he takes actual crime videos and uh, shows them. Most of them are from security cameras and things like that, and actually analyzes what went on and talks about a little bit about what the uh, what the defender did, what the criminal did, and it's it's just extremely educational and enlightening. Uh, so I was watching one of these a couple of days ago, and uh, some of you guys may have seen this. There was a uh, a video of a, a woman, and she was dropping her daughter off at daycare. She had broken up with uh, her ex, who was, uh, I guess, a really not a real good guy, uh, of history of violence. Uh, he had uh, assaulted her before. He was a known MS-13 gang member. She had a restraining order out on him. And in the video, she's dropping off her, uh, her daughter at the babysitter's house. And you can see this guy pull up. She sees the uh, car pull up. She runs screaming, trying to get to the house. The guy jumps out of the car, runs up, runs her down, and uh, fires six shots at her. And it's, you know, I'm watching this thing and, and thinking about this. The uh, woman's in Los Angeles where it's virtually impossible to get a concealed carry permit. And now, and we'll come back to that too. How, how does uh, what does Biden's press secretary say? We'll circle back. Circle back. Yeah, we're going to circle back to that. So don't let me forget that because there's a point to be made here. Um, but anyway, you know, watching this video, I started thinking about how how these gun control laws and things that we have really impact average people or, or real people. And you watch this poor woman, and you know, some of the things I was. Uh, one of the things I wanted to point out or a couple of the things to point out there is first off the, the, uh, restraining orders. I think restraining orders are marginally effective, probably Worthless. with people that, that maybe are bullies or abusive, but not, not really truly dangerous people. A, a really committed attacker like this person had that had no impact at all on this person at all. Well, I did a segment with Rick Chingale show. And we had a gentleman on, and we talked about that. He says three things happen with that. With that, you either realize, oh, oh, okay, I better correct my correct myself because you know I've got a restraining order, or you ignore it, or it agitates you. Yeah, and I and I think someone like this. I mean, when you it watch would be an adjutant, when you watch that video, I don't, I don't think it it had any impact at all. On, I don't, I don't even think he thought about it, but. Um, when you watch this thing, you know, this woman, this poor woman ran up to the door, could not get through the door in time. And she had probably, oh, I don't know, 15 seconds or so before the guy actually got up to her. And uh, had she been armed, she would have had a chance. Uh, there was plenty of opportunity there to get behind cover to maybe do something else. And, you know, because she's in an area where in L.A. County where they just don't do that. And, and I'm thinking that you know, it's not a matter of the law because in California, we're a may issue state or yeah, may issue state. And most of the counties I think do issue concealed carry reasonably. Yeah. Los Angeles, unfortunately, the politicians that are in charge up there choose not to do that. And in this case, I mean, that's how that impacted that woman. And granted, you know, people, all the adults in that thing, I mean, it was a tragic outcome. The, the woman was killed the police tracked this guy down two days later, and he chose to to su he chose suicide over surrender to the police. The uh, child ended up now an orphan, and you know, granted, the people involved are primarily responsible. But I was thinking, you know, we all bear some responsibility for that kind of thing, because you know, these politicians that write these laws, uh, 
you know, they, they do it and it doesn't have anything to do really with, with stopping crime or impacting criminals or anything like that. It's a power and control thing. Right. And they're pressured to do these laws by, by these gun control groups who again, have a different agenda. It's not about public safety. It's not about crime. It's not about that kind of stuff. And, you know, and unfortunately we vote for these people and we keep these people in office like that. So, you know, I think everybody shares kind of responsibility for that, that sort of thing when it happens. The thing I wanted to circle back to though, and I found out about this this morning in a class, uh, we were talking about this video and, uh, actually there's, if you have a restraining order out on someone and I didn't know this, there's a, the penal code in California allows you to carry a firearm without, uh, going through the concealed carry thing. What it does is it makes it, um, it waves that, I guess, for that, that period. So, and it's uh, penal code 25600. And it refers to the other penal code, which is um, 25400, I believe, is the one that says you can't carry a, a concealed weapon. It's a misdemeanor. Um, but if you have a restraining order out, the uh, this other one, the 25600, waives that. So you're allowed to carry. Because part of what I was thinking about there is, okay, even if you're somewhere where they do issue, like what we have in, in San Diego, you know, if you have that kind of a problem, you by you know the time it takes you to get the uh, concealed carry permit is going to be too late. The other thing too, looking back here, going back to the circling back again to the um, the same idea here about not issuing these things in the first place is okay. This uh, the penal code does allow you to carry if you have a restraining order out against a dangerous person. Okay, you can carry that. Uh, I guess it's not against the law to carry then. But looking at this video, I mean, would you really want someone who has, say, no experience at all with handguns or anything like that? Okay, you've got this restraining order against this dangerous person. Here, you can carry this gun. Uh, because if you watch how these things unfold, how quickly this particular one unfolds, yes, if you were trained and you you um, you know were familiar with the gun and you practiced a little bit, probably if she was in that that category of people, would have had a pretty good chance of defending herself. But someone with, with no training, no experience that just got a restraining order a week ago and then, okay, here's a gun, you can carry it. I don't know. Well, let me ask a question because you bring up a good point. When you get a restraining order from the courts, do they inform you that you can carry? See, and that was the because the, the person that told me about mm -hmm. it this morning was involved in that kind of incident. And he just happened to uh, comment to the clerk that, that, uh, wow, I have to wait 30 days to see this judge again. And the clerk pointed out that no, well, you can carry between now and then. Okay. I think what they should do, if you get a, if you get a, uh, a restraining order, there should be a clause in there that here's your restraining order. You can carry now go get some training. And well, and they may do that. I mean, they may at least say you can't carry, they may inform people there, but still it takes time true, to true, build true, that true. up a little bit Man, that's and crazy. to get comfortable. All right, hey, we're going to go ahead and, oh, by the way, ahoy, mateys. Since somebody <laughs> wrote it, I guess I better read it. Don't touch that dial. Joe's been testing some training tools for your rifle owners. Learn about the Mantis X Blackbeard after the break. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, we got some YouTube viewers that we'd like to give a nice shout out to. 
Mark Sparkman, Rich Cohen, AKs are better, Dr. Exotic, and Ghost Hammer. All right. Avast me hardies, shiver me timbers, dry fire training with your rifle may be a lost cause until now. Blimey, wait till you hear about the Mantis X Blackbeard from me matey Joe. What is it, a shaving Blime- kit? Blimey? Blimey. Yeah, blimey. That's yeah. not a pirate thing. It's not. Yeah, well, it I is. Right. It's a pirate code. No, blimey. Blimey's is. a pirate thing. Hey, PRMI Mortgage, primeres.com slash alpine. Are you in the military looking for help for a VA loan? Or if you're looking to buy, sell, or refi, or if you're just considering a reverse mortgage, give our local mortgage guy a call that you can trust. That'd be Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primerez.com slash alpine. Tell me you heard it right here on Gun Owners Radio. All right, Joe. All right. What's, so, what's up with your black beard? So what we have here, uh, the subject of all the pirate talk, yeah. is the uh, the Manus, um, what they call this, they call this their AR-15 automatic trigger reset system. And if you were to open this box, what you would find Nothing. is this uh, <laughs> bag. <laughs> so um, the system works, uh, obviously, with ARs. So if we open this up here, you've got two pieces to it. You've got the, uh, the bolt carrier group. So what you would do with your AR, you open your AR up, you pull out your charging handle and your bolt carrier group, you slide this piece in. Mm. Then um, the second piece we have is, uh, this goes in in the magazine, this is actually the battery. And uh, this charges up, they give you a little USB cable in here that you could charge this battery up with. And you plug this in where the magazine is, and uh, what it allows you to do is dry fire your AR, Uh. and it resets the trigger. So each time you pull the trigger, it resets it, and you could practice with the uh, AR. The other thing that it has on here, if uh, you could take a look at the bolt carrier group, there's a laser here at the tip, and um, there's an adjustment on this side. There's And when you put this in the AR, you can still get to this. There's an adjustment for the laser for windage and elevation, so you could line the laser up to where it needs to be. When I put this in my, um, my AR, it worked. It was pretty close. I had to tweak it a little bit, uh, but it was pretty close right out of the box. And so now there's two modes on here, too. You can see a little switch here. And uh, there's when the switch, is, I think, is in the down position, the laser is on continuously, so you can adjust it. Uh, then you click the switch back up into the up position, and uh, the laser is activated by the trigger. So each time you pull the trigger, uh, you get a laser hit. So what's nice about this, there's a number of things that are nice about this. Um, when you're practicing now, you can, with the price of ammo and all that stuff nowadays, uh, it's uh, much more valuable to be able to dry fire. Uh, you could practice in here. When I was doing it, I'd set up several targets because uh, what I use in my dry fire practice, I've got scaled little silhouette targets. So, um, you know, I think they're three to one or something like that. But you could put a couple of those up on the wall, stand back. You could practice um, transitions from target to target to target. You can practice uh, if you put the uh, put a sling on your AR, you could practice transitioning from the AR down to a handgun like that. So you can run through a lot of different drills and things that are really useful uh, with this guy. So it's a really nice system. The battery, uh, I charged it on my computer with their um, with their little USB cable that comes, let's see. The other stuff you get, you get this little USB cable 
you get a Manus uh, sticker if you've got things you need to put stickers on. And there's a couple of cards in here. There's an instruction card. Tells you exactly how to adjust everything. So we've got that. And uh, then it looks like their standard um, uh, registration card in here. So um, what was I going to say? Ah, I know what I was going to say. So the uh, battery uh, charged in took probably four or five hours. There was a partial charge on it when I got it. Uh, coming out of the box, but I want to—I wanted to see how long it would take to charge it up. So it was usually about, it's better if you put it into the wall versus your computer. That's the, that's the other thing I was going to mention too. I just—I used the uh, USB that they came with. I've got a USB and a little brick on there too. I could have plugged it into the wall. Yeah, it may have been faster. Um, but they say you get about a hundred thousand trigger pulls out of a battery charge. So uh, you probably don't have to charge this a whole lot. Mm -mm. Um, the uh, the Blackbeard I saw it retails for one ninety nine. Which uh, isn't bad, actually, for considering what you're getting, because uh, it allows you to do quite a bit. Like, how's saying, it feel? Does it feel? It like feels a normal, uh, like yeah. you're actually shooting live ammo. It feels fine. Yeah, obviously, there's no recoil or anything, uh, but it doesn't. It is not supposed to affect the uh, the weight on the trigger or the uh, reset of the trigger. So the trigger should feel more or less uh, like it does when you actually shoot the gun. The thing that it, it is a little bit odd. Um, I don't know if it's odd. You could feel there's kind of like several clicks uh, when you pull when you pull the trigger on this thing, which uh, from what I was able to find out, th those clicks are probably there when you shoot your gun, your normally your normal gun with rounds in it. Anyway, you just don't feel it because of the recoil and everything else that's going on. But the uh, the trigger felt fine. It felt pretty much like it, it normally would. What trigger do you use? The uh, mine's a stock trigger, so I've got a Daniel Defense. Um, uh, AR, so that's uh, the trigger that's in there. I haven't done anything with it. I used that yesterday at the Gunfighter Tactical booth, and it was on a, a Geisley uh, match-grade trigger, and I noticed those clicks as well. Okay, so you can feel the clicks on there. But, um, yeah, like I said, they they claim, if you look on the uh, Manus website, they claim that it doesn't impact at all the uh, the weight of the trigger or the uh, the reset, where it resets at. So again, I didn't notice anything on mine. Well, the clicks are it. probably there for a reason. I bet if you know you looked into it, they, there's probably a reason for it. Yeah, and however, this is working to reset that because normally, if mm. you were to just dry fire your gun, you'd have to charge it with a handle again. Gotcha. So they're they're eliminating oh, that. That's, so, that's what it is. That's yeah, so it is. that's exactly where the clicking is. is coming. That back. makes sense. Yeah. It was smooth though. I mean, the the whole operation was really cool. I, it was so easy. I didn't even understand what was going on. They just handed me an AR and said, "Here." <laughs> try yeah try this I'm like all right so uh and then i was like oh my gosh and i realized and yeah you, you can plug it into your your system and get the analysis and everything right yeah do you have a gun owner's uh, aim here sign or uh, they did shoot at? they actually did <laughs> it was gunfighter tactical they brought their aim aim here's their san diego county gun owners aim aim here's and that's what i was shooting at yeah see and i the other thing i like about this too is the, the idea that you could work with the sling and you could work with transitions and doing that kind of stuff because you know, without being at a range or doing that, it's it's hard to get a good feel for, okay, I've got, say, I could put several targets up on the wall. I can come up with the AR. I could I could shoot one, two, three. I could drop the AR on the sling and go with the handgun and do the same thing. And, um, you know, if you've got the mana system also on your handgun, then you could even uh, record what you're doing there, too. So um, And no flinch. No flinch, or you could, you'll see the flinch when you do it. <laughs> yeah, you can either work on your flinch if you have one, mm, but, but if you're working on that thing and you don't, there's not a big, you know, boom every time you pull the trigger, you won't develop a flinch. Is the theory anyway? Well, and that's nice too. The other nice thing with the laser is you can actually get some visual feedback. So because 
when I'm, I'm when I'm dry fire practicing normally, and I'm just shooting at my my scaled silhouettes, I don't really see. I you know I I can see my sight picture. I think I'm lined up, but I really don't have any feedback. Right. With this, with the laser, you'll see that laser will blink right right where you had it pointed. So uh, you know you're either on or you're not on. Or if you're flinching, you should be able to see that too. I would think. So what did you work on when you had like what what skills were you? Were I, I know you're kind of putting it through its paces, but what do you? What what skills did you work on, or what do you imagine yourselves working on? I would again transitioning from target to target because I do a lot of that with a handgun, and that's uh, that just takes a lot of practice to do that smoothly and quickly. Same thing with the uh, the rifle; it's a little bit easier with a rifle, I think, and a red dot. You know, transition um, smoothly from from uh, target to target to target because if you're going to compete with it or something, that's you need to be able to do that quickly. Uh, this was really helpful. But the other thing too that, that I discovered after. Um, I think I was talking to somebody else about it, and uh, they were saying, yeah, you could do this thing with the sling, too. And that's that's when I thought to get my sling out and put the sling on and try it. Because, uh, again, I don't have a whole lot of experience with that. I'm going to get some more here in a, another couple of weeks. But I'm uh, going to spend a day in a class here doing, doing AR stuff. Which class? But um, working with Aaron up at, uh, at the uh, – Petrov? Are you taking the uh, – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the uh, – With the – are they seals or green berets or somebody? Uh, they're all seals and green berets. Yeah, yeah, that's everybody is right? special ops. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But but they're going to teach uh, an intermediate and in, uh, you know beginner intermediate uh, rifle course up there. So I'm taking the carbine course. But um, nice. spend the day doing that. But again, I don't have a lot of sling work, so I need to practice that anyway before then. So, but I thought that was that was nice to be able to just get that feel. So it was the same thing when we were talking about the conversion kit. Uh, putting that in the AR and uh, being able to shoot 22 long rifle out of it, it's the same idea. I could I could practice all those mechanics and not have to shoot two, two, three rounds. So with this, now I don't have to shoot anything, and I can do this at home, and I could still practice all the mechanics uh, to it. And plus, you get the visual feedback from the uh, from the laser, which I thought was really helpful. So let's see if it makes you a better shooter. We'll see. I mean, but, that's um, the idea. But yeah, I think. Uh, Pretty much. Oh, the other thing too is uh, speed wise, because they were talking about uh, it's designed to do up to ten trigger presses a second, which is uh, what a point one split time, which is uh, way faster probably than I'd be able to do it. I think with a handgun, I'm at about point two. So, uh, so for uh, faster people or more accelerated people, there's uh, even more to it than that. Nice. So yeah. Why is it called a Blackbeard? Do we know? No, that's a good branding question, though. Research this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Blackbeard was a pirate uh, back in the 16... 16- oh, you didn't want me to tell you the history of Blackbeard. No, yeah. go back to sleep. <laughs> I thought uh, Blackbeard was also Pablo Escobar's uh, accountant, wasn't he? I don't know. Knew where everything was buried. That's why they called him Blackbeard. Ah, uh, I don't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Only you would know that. Trivia, trivia. And, uh, all right. So that's cool. It, well, I was waiting for Dave to ask me about the warranty, but uh, yeah, no warranty. Thing. Well, there's got to be a warranty on it. Two year warranty. There you go. <laughs> Unlimited miles. Yes. All right. No, de- no deductible. Did we talk about price? One ninety nine. One ninety nine, and it's and you get it on the what Mantis? Yeah. Well, the MSRP from Mantis is one ninety nine, but then I looked around and Midway had it for one ninety nine. Um, who else did I see? Optics Planet. I had it for one ninety nine. So one ninety nine. I think one ninety nine is the price. <laughs> Does anybody uh, sell it local? Do we know? No. All right. That this this time. Well, I always, I'm always telling people to get off the internet, buy your stuff local. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Here's your hall pass. That's you get right. to go buy this on the internet. All right. Hey, have you seen our Magnum interviews? Well, guess what? We just released our interview with Seth Yon. This guy is a real patriot, pro athlete, racing car driver, and a 
encounter human trafficking agent. And that's not all. Watch the latest Magnum interview on the website at gunownersradio.com slash Magnum. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're all listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Yeah. Wow, it is. There it is. Okay. Oh, my God. In-person meetings. The San Diego County Gun Owners is resuming our meetings in person. So it's a great way to connect with the community and stay up to date on what's going on locally. Fantastic. Hey, and Blackhound Optics. Accurate, affordable, guaranteed. Sporting optics that go the distance. Backed by customer service that goes the extra mile. Hey, they're great guys, great products, and a great company that is making optics affordable. On top of quality, optics, they pay close attention to the customer experience. And did you know their scopes come with mounts? So you don't have to worry about finding one that fits your gun. And we are so excited to have them on as official partners of the show. Ask for them at your local gun store or find them online at blackhoundoptics.com. So we have a lot going on in Southern California when it comes to politics. I thought we'd kind of talk about some of the touch on some of the things that are happening. Um, first off, is uh, you know last uh, well, it's a couple weeks ago now. We had uh, John Thorpe from Ukaipa. He uh, that's up in San Bernardino, and they passed a um, uh, a unanimous uh, motion made to send a letter to their congress uh, congressman who. Uh, uh, asking him to vote against HR one two seven, which is that really horrible anti gun bill with mental health uh, requirements or checks or tests, I guess tests um, before you can buy a gun and registration, assault weapon ban, all kinds of ugliness, insurance requirements, all kinds of ugliness to own a gun. So they passed that on the city council level, which means that Ukaipa sent a letter, you know, as a city council saying, "Hey, we as elected officials don't we we want you to vote against this." Well, now we're going to have we're going to see the city of Santee, El Cajon, probably Poway, um, Escondido, and Oceanside are all going to pass this as well. Well, they're going to. I, I say that don't don't count your, you know, your chickens, chickens. Your, yeah, your chickens uh, before they hatch here, right? But uh, they're going to entertain the idea. Also, up in Orange County. Um, uh, Elisa Viejo is is looking at at uh, entertaining the idea as well. So this this we're and this is all thanks to oh and uh, in Riverside uh, there's a couple of cities in Riverside and this is thanks to uh, you know San Diego County gun owners down here in San Diego and Orange County gun owners in Orange and uh, of course Riverside County gun owners in Riverside. Um, but and the, San Bernardino and San well honestly we didn't we we can't take credit for that John Thorpe in San Bernardino and Ukaipa he did that all on his own. He was at our booth last week. I wasn't on the show because we were at a booth. Uh, I was at a booth at the Armed in May event, which was uh, Reno May, who was a gr- great guy, and Anthony Miranda, the armed scholar. And John Thorpe uh, came down and, and uh, hung out with us for a while. Great, great pro-gun elected official in Ukaipa on their city council. He did all that on his own, thanked him for his leadership, and we basically took that template and said, all right, we're going we're gonna to do that in you know, all the cities we can here in San Diego. We're going to do it in Riverside. We're going to do it in Orange County. 
um, which is all very, very cool. Now, people ask, well, what's the purpose here? You know, what are we doing? Why would, why, you know, what, 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 are the, what does the letter actually do? It doesn't really hold the weight of law, so why are we doing this? Well, it does a couple of things. One, it helps us get the message out into the public. You know, hey, here's what's going on with HR 127. You know, we could do a couple of things. We could write an email saying, hey, guys, here's HR 127. Look at how boring or look at how horrible it is. And that's about as boring as it gets, right? I mean, that's kind of how many people, you know, read emails. You know, it's, it's pretty difficult. But if we can get a couple of city councils to say, hey, we officially hate HR 127 and, and don't want it passed, well, now it's in the news. Now it's on the radio. Now it's in the papers. You know, now constituents are going, oh, hey, great. Thank you so much for, you know, unless you're you're buried deep in the bubble like we are when it comes to Second Amendment, uh, you know, you might miss this stuff. So getting outside of that bubble and getting elected officials to stand up and say, hey, this is something I care about. This is something that the constituents care about. Um, therefore, we want to get it out into the public. That's important. The other side is that, uh, you know, if, if, when the congressman or woman does vote the correct way, it gives them it gives them strength. They stand up and say, hey, I received feedback from these elected officials in this city council. Um, I voted the way my constituents wanted me to vote. And in, in an official manner, I was told this is this is how you can best represent us. You know, and there's an age old uh, uh you know, debate on, you know, does a does a, uh, an elected official, does a congressman vote the way they think it should go or does a congressman vote the way their uh, representatives want them to vote, right? It's kind of a, you know, it, it you could go back and forth, you know, or should they vote? If 99% of your district wants you to vote one way and you feel that the right way to vote is against that 99%, what do you do? Do you follow the constituents or do you vote your conscience? Yeah, well, how does the, their representatives up there? Because we have Daryl Issa down here, like in our district. Yep. Who I, I would assume Daryl Issa would vote against that when the opportunity comes up. Yeah, except in Oceanside. Oceanside would be Mike Levin. He's an anti-gun jerky. But yeah, hopefully Daryl Issa. So now, if Daryl, so Daryl Issa, all the districts, uh, they, they, their congressman in Ukipa responded and said, "Yeah, I'm going to vote against this thing." So that's good. But Daryl Issa, they're about to. Re- we're losing a district in California. Yes. And so we're going to have one fewer Congress creature uh, coming out of California, and they're going to redraw districts. So both those things could potentially make Daryl Issa's district, wherever, however it, it looks, uh, far less friendly to him. Okay. I mean, he's a, car, he's a carpetbagger, right? He doesn't. I don't. Even, he doesn't live in his district. He came and, and ran in a, in a different district because it was a very Republican district, and that's why he ran because he, he he knew he could win. He goes on Fox News, and people know who he is. Well, that district could could look far less friendly to him, and this would give him cover. Hey, look, guys, this I voted the way my my district. Uh, you know, I, and honestly, I don't think he needs that. He usually speaks his mind and 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 uh, you know uh, says what he what, you know stands by what he what he thinks. But that, in theory, is something that they can do. Yeah, well, he I mean, he should be a reasonably solid vote on that on that subject. But again, no I've been, doubt, I've been wrong before with people that I thought <laughs> would be reasonably solid. So uh, yeah, I no doubt, uh, no doubt, he's going to vote the right way. No, no doubt, even without these uh, you know the letters. But you know, getting that out into the the discussion and onto the radio stations and onto the TV stations. No, and I think that's a great point you make too about getting it out out there just in the news and stuff. Because if you get enough of these councils and things to write about it, the news does pick it up. And there's, you know, it's surprising. A lot of people just don't know. They're just not aware of what's going on. I mean, some of the, um, 
you know, we have a family member who's pretty hardcore over to the left. And, uh, if you talk to that family member and just kind of explain things, you know, what they'll say is, well, I, I don't, that's not right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but (laughs) you know, and a lot of the times they just don't know. And so I think the point you make is really great about getting this out there and it it gets it into the news and it gets it out to people. Well, and HR 127 is particularly extreme. It's a really extreme piece of uh, legislation if passed. It's a bill right now. And so taking the opportunity to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, the, the it's things have moved so far in the extreme direction that this this mainstream bill that's being proposed by uh, those in Congress right now is so extreme. You know, you, you got to understand why we're fighting because these are it's such a, it's such an extreme proposal. Yeah, aren't, aren't they all? Yeah, I really. Mean, when you, know, you come right, but I mean, this is so. That's what I'm saying. But but even people that aren't gun people, I mean, when they actually look at that, I, I think the reaction is going to. Well, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not a gun person, but that's not right. Right. And you get that kind of thing, but you got to get that information out to them. And what does that do? Well, that makes people go, "All right, I get it now." You know, a lot of people that maybe you know, I don't really care about the gun debate. I don't know. It seems like. Uh, you know, they just want guns for anybody, anytime, anywhere. No, that's not what's going on. We're fighting back against extremism. Mm-hmm. And when we point it out and do it in an official manner like this, that helps uh, change the discussion and it helps mm-hmm. change minds. A couple other things that are going on is uh, there's actually a there's going to be a special election in La Mesa because they lost a city council member who moved up to the assembly. Um, that The assembly member moved up to secretary of state. Um, so there's going to be a special election in, in La Mesa. Now La Mesa right now is uh, you know is not exactly it, it pretty it flipped from a from a fairly pro Second Amendment uh, city council to a fairly hostile uh, Second Amendment city council. There's really only one guy that we can really count on there when it comes to vote and that the voting for Second Amendment and that's Bill Baber. So uh, Christine Alicio, who is uh, a supporter of San Diego County gun owners, we've endorsed her in the past. We're hoping to recruit her. To, to run. run because she was the one that was on the city council and lost her seat, and we're hoping that we can get her in in a special election because she's. I mean, they almost burnt La Mesa down. You think they would be all for Second Amendment, wouldn't you think? Not only did they almost burn La Mesa down, but the uh, majority of the of the city council is now pro burn La Mesa down. <laughs> I mean, it's, it should have gone the other way. That should have backfired. You think, and uh, it's uh, it's it's pretty bad. But Christina Alicio is is rock solid on the Second Amendment. Uh, she's been to our dinners. We've endorsed her before. She was actually on our board for a short time. So you're gonna go talk to her? Well, that so that it's gonna be real interesting, and it'll be a special election. It'll probably be somewhere around October. But recruiting her, or or if she's just absolutely not interested, I think she is interested. But getting her to uh, run for that seat, I think, would be uh, an amazing thing. I mean. Um, you know, getting that uh, city count, losing La Mesa is bad. Mm-hmm. La Mesa is, you know, that's got to be a pro-Second Amendment city council. You know, I mean, when, when San Diego turned into an anti-Second Amendment city council, I don't think anybody was all that surprised. No. But La Mesa, that's got to be a pro-Second Amendment. Del Mar, anti-Second Amendment, we all get it. it. La Mesa has to be a pro-Second Amendment city council. Well, and you would think too. Like I said, after what they went through with this, uh, you know, this Almost last burn them down. Yeah, this last round of peaceful protesting out there, you know, <laughs> or most mostly peaceful protesting. But I think that that woke up a lot of people because again, you see with the the increase in first time gun owners and stuff like that. So you have to assume that woke up a lot of voters in that area too. So, uh, well, I hope so. But but you're you, you know, uh, um, 
this is where we get engaged. You know, um, this is where members of San Diego County gun owners need to get engaged and where we're going to uh, provide a lot of leadership and activities uh, and opportunities for people to be engaged. There's there are also two recalls going on right now. There's a, they're trying to recall a city council member in Carlsbad, right. Corey Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Um, she put this horrible restraining order on, on somebody um, totally undeserved, way, way over uh, overblown. Um, she tried to anyway, and uh, so she's she's hopefully she's getting recalled. Carl DeMaio and his organization uh, kicked off uh, had a kickoff event this past weekend here, and uh, uh, the other person is uh, Campbell, Doctor Jen Campbell, who's down at the on the city council in San Diego. She's horribly anti gun. Is, is that the one that, that talked about the the greatest plague that to yeah. ever uh, yep. ever impact the That's medical it. history yes. or whatever? She's it was. a <laughs> lunatic, and she's getting recalled. There's a lot of opportunities to get involved. There's elections coming up, even though we're off cycle. There are recalls. Follow Sandy. These are all the things that we do in off-election years. We need your help. Get involved and quit complaining. Hey, folks. Up next is Sam the Gunman on Stump My Nephew. And another mic drop. You can't hear it if you're not listening. So stay tuned right here on the Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1. AM 11.7. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1. AM 11.70. The Answer. Hey, we live in a state where your self-defense rights are under attack. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy ways or things you can do. One, like and subscribe to the show. YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Parlor, any podcast that you listen to, you can find us. We're also making a push for 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our channel. Number two, share the show with as many friends as you can. And thanks for tuning in. And remember, together, we will win. All right. This is a good one. We're going to talk to Sam the Gunman. And we had a rather contentious show last week trying to decide where Luna and La Mesa came up with this answer. Look at that. I go away for one week. And I you guys... know. It all went to, you know what, in a handbag. But the question was, what was the first semi-automatic pistol uh, Sam had an answer, Brendan had an answer, and Luna had an answer. Sam, welcome to the show, and did you do your homework? Uh, no, I have to confess I didn't do any follow-up research. I've been too busy. Good man. Brendan, <laughs> did you do any homework? Uh, not since last week, well, but I still I, have the same answer. He and I were talking about it, Sam. What, 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 did, what, did you, what were you telling me? Because what, what you, you, you and I coincidentally were talking about this. Last week, yeah. Um, so the uh, I don't I don't remember what the answer that was given by uh, the sender was. It was some um, uh, one of Browning's designs, I, I believe. The uh, yeah, the answer FN, I gave FN Browning M nineteen hundred. That's that was uh, I think that's. And then you had an answer, and Brendan had an answer. Pa- part of the problem, from my understanding, is the way the question was phrased. 
because it it was kind of vague. It should have been like uh, it should have included the the word like you know commercially successful or something like that. Because, Production or something like that. Serially produced. Yeah, serially because ah. you, you know we don't know if you know some some guy in his garage in in you know 1812 was uh you know designed it we don't there's no way to tell that we it's got to be you know it's, it's got to be qualified brandon look it up again so yeah i i still have the same answer as last week uh the first one was the salvatore dormis and then it was quickly followed up by the schnauberger lawnman i think was the name that's how you pronounce it again i i have two different pronunciations of that apparently i broke my salvatore dormis once in football practice <laughs> jeez Tell you, it was in a sling for a good week and a I half. Bet it Dave. was. That was a big sling. Oh too. my gosh, that was a common uh, lineman injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Salvador Dormus uh, fracture. It's hairline, but still, it hurts. Yeah. See, so now Sam, if you if you were mentioning the commercial thing, then Sam was correct because he said last week it was the C ninety three. So that's what I saw in the research, at least. Yeah. So Sam was correct. Correct. Right. He what? So that's the thing. I think the the uh, Luna, if you're listening, and La Mesa, it yeah, was an right, excellent. Ask for better questions. <laughs> it's all your fault. Yeah, what we're trying to say. Just for that, you owe us a shirt and a hat. It was it was a good question though, but it just uh, I think you know it, it had it needed a qualifier. Well, how, a qualifier. how did that get past the editors? You know, I mean, uh, that that should have been refined here. The by editor was gone. Oh man, <laughs> the editor was gone. What can you tell us about an FN Browning M1900? Um, not much. I, uh, I just looked up the Salvatore Dormus pistol, uh, on my phone, my, my other phone, I'm holding two phones. Um, and it says it was the earliest patented semi-automatic pistol. Ah, patented. patented. Where was it out of? Is, is, is it a, say it's American. Did we call Austria? Ah, oh, man. I like that. I thought Austria. it was Italian. Salvador? I should, I should like that. It's, 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 uh, all my, all my pistols are from Austria. This were Glocks. See what happens when he takes a day off. It's where Glocks, Glocks from uh, Austria. Well, all my pistols are from Smyrna, Georgia, but they originated in in, in oh, Austria. Right. Uh, yeah, they did, um, and they they try very very hard to maintain exact uniformity between the two factories. Everything's identical. Interesting. The two Glock factories. Yep. All right. So tell us a little bit more about the the Salvador Dali pistol that you're looking at there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I just have the Wikipedia page pulled up. I don't really know much about it myself. No. All right. You've okay. never seen one? No. Oh. All right. Well, I'm glad we clarified. Yes, we do. And, and I know you didn't sleep at all this week. So now that we've clarified <laughs> that. So everybody, uh, this segment, uh, stump my nephew, Sam's my nephew. If you send in a question, uh, it's well written, that's well written <laughs> and, and, you know, qualified. Um, if we use it on the air, we'll give you a uh, we'll give you some apparel, a shirt, a hat, something really cool. If you stump my nephew, which is uh, very hard, very difficult, uh, we'll give you a front site membership so you can take uh, training for free for the rest of your life. All you got to do is uh, go to gunownersradio.com, submit your question. Uh, he doesn't get to he doesn't know the question nope. until we uh, until he's on the phone here with us and he never wins anything for all the correct answers that's right this is a labor of love that's for, right. for bragging rights Sam. bragging rights yeah. and if you confuse our cousin so I'm gonna call an auto I want you to stay on the line Sam I want you to stay on the line for the uh, for the mic drop here we're gonna we're gonna I'm calling an audible here I had one written and prepared but uh, I, I want to do something a little bit different here so we're gonna do this week's mic drop 
Mic drop. So when I was a kid, I uh, went to a private school. I went to a Christian school uh, in uh, third grade because I was screwing around, and, and my parents finally said they'd had it, and they sent me to this little private school. And uh, not so much for the Christian part, but more for the private part because they wanted me to stop. Uh, you sc- needed your knuckles around. whacked a yeah, little bit, little too bit. young for the military academy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, they had, and, and it was it was actually a really good education. Third it was good grade. for me. But the thing was, I came up with. I have this this uh, theory. This uh, uh, this theory I called it the Jonathan Hayes theory. And basically, um, the way it goes is the first person to cry, whether they're guilty or not. Uh, that's the one that gets all the the sympathy. Jonathan Hayes was the pastor's kid in this in this uh, private school. Uh, pastor Hayes was a wonderful man, and he was uh, extremely nice to everybody and fair, and, and just a really really fantastic guy. Unfortunately, his kid Jonathan was a snot nosed little wiener kid, and uh, he was pro. Now I'm a I'm a big guy. Now I was a big kid. I mean, in fourth fifth grade somewhere, I was probably 150 pounds. I was a big kid. And this kid was probably 95 pounds soaking wet. He was small for his age. I was big for my age. And he would pick on me relentlessly. And now I'm a, I'm a confident guy. I was a confident kid. I didn't really care. You know, call, call me names, whatever. Um, you know, I pretty much knew I was better than everybody. So it was pretty hard to, to, to you know, break my, my tough Hurt skin. your feelings. Yeah, I didn't really care. That combined with the fact that this kid was was tiny compared to me. There was really not a whole lot I could do. So this kid would relentlessly hit me, punch me, uh, you know, call me names, you know, just on and on and on and on and on. And I would just kind of, you know, whatever. He was more of a gnat, okay? And by the way, this kid, uh, he was an annoying little wiener kid back then. He grew up. I, I looked him up a few years ago. He is actually a staffer for a uh, for a congressman. So he's he's still Democrat, an a, he's, he's still an annoying wiener. Anyway, so <clears throat> we one day we're out at recess, and Jonathan Hayes took a football and threw it full speed at my head, mm-hmm. hit me right in the temple. Well, that was it. I'd had it. I went and picked this kid up, slammed him down on the ground, got right in his face, told him never to do that again. Well, it was right around the time that the younger kids were getting out of school, so every mom was walking by, and they see this big kid, me, right, jumping on this little kid, Jonathan Hayes, you know, and bullying him. Now, this is a little private school in the South, so you can imagine all these moms had real sensible haircuts and you know, were busybodies, didn't have a whole lot else going on in life. So guess what they did? I got reported in this big, mean guy. Meanwhile, I'm going, you know what? This kid relentlessly is pinching, you know, and prodding and hitting and whatever. You know what I mean? So that's where my Jonathan Hayes theory comes from. The first one that whines, the first one that cries, that's the one that gets the sympathy. Oh, poor, mm, poor, 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 Jonathan. poor Jonathan Hayes and this big, mean monster Mike, right? Even though I was the one taking all the abuse. Now, that's great. What a nice story. Uh, fantastic. What does this have to do with, with a mic drop? Well, normally I do a mic drop on, uh, on local events, local politicians, but this one I want to go a little international. Right now, uh, Israel is, uh, for the last few days, for the last week, has been in effect uh, in, a, in a war, in a true war with, with Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Um, and if you turn on the news, you would think – 
that Hamas is sitting there, uh, you know, Jonathan Hayes, tending, yeah, tending to their gardens. And uh, when big bad Israel decides, this is truly a, the Jonathan Hayes effect right here happening. Um, and uh, I think people need to know it. You know, if you, especially if you turn on uh, the left, the left has fully embraced Hamas, the terrorist organization. And if you look at some of their their media outlets like CNN and MSNBC. You know, so in that example, if you're wondering what's going on in Israel, Hamas is Jonathan Hayes, Israel is Mike Schwartz, and the news are all these short-haired, busybody Karens uh, that were picking up their little angels. You know, these uh, uh, these soccer moms, um, and it is absolutely ridiculous. What a great Israel, it, isn't that good? It's so really Israel. Good. Where in their and Sam, back me up on this. Israel has a parliamentary uh, system of government, right? They do. And in that system of government, they've had Jews, Christians, uh, uh, Muslims serve. They've had men and women. I mean, they are truly all inclusive, right? Yeah, that's correct. So, if you look at Hamas, by the way, don't confuse Hamas with every with every Arab or every uh, you know every member of uh, Islam, every follower of Islam. Hamas is a very specific, dangerous terrorist group. Like MS-13. <laughs> very similar. So that's my analogy. That's your mic drop for the week. Thank you all. See you guys next week. All right, mic folks. Drop. That was awesome. Hey, if you're listening on YouTube, on the podcast, smash that like button and subscribe. Share the show with as many friends as you can. We want to thank San Diego County Gun Owners, U.S. Law Shield, the Dillon Law Group, Seal One, PRMI Mortgage, Blackout Optics, and the National Concealed Carry Association. Thanks to Joe Jermisi, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, and our maestro digitation guy, Brendan <laughs> Thomas. Right here on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Oh, and that's the way Bob Siegel's coming up next. Get ready. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.